Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week Health. You can't anticipate everything. I think it's, you know, motherhood and apple pie when you first sit down and come up with this amazing project plan. Then you get into weeds and it's like, well, wait a minute. We don't work like that. Take the whole example that I gave of the centralized versus decentralized scheduling. Scheduling is scheduling. What's the big deal that I do in one spot or multiple spots? Well, it turned out to be a big deal. Welcome to Town Hall, a show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell, the creator of This Week Health, a set of channels and events dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. We've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward for over five years. And we want to thank our show sponsors who helped to make this happen. Armis, First Health Advisors, Meditech, Transparent, and You Perform. We thank them for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to our show. Hi, everyone. I'm Carla Rizal, and I'm the CIO at Rocky Mountain Human Services. Welcome to one more Town Hall episode of This Week Health. Today, I have the pleasure to introduce our guest, Lutz Polk. Lutz is the VP and CIO at National Jewish. Hi, Lutz. Thank you for sharing this space with us. Can you start by telling us about yourself and your role at National Jewish? Well, good morning, Carla, and thank you for inviting me to join you this morning. As far as my background, I have a bachelor's in business information systems from Colorado State University, and I hold an MBA from the University of Colorado. I am a Colorado native, which there are far and few of us around these days, and I've lived basically on the front range my entire life. As far as some more of my background, I've worked for the U.S. Department of Agriculture is probably my most interesting job in that I helped track diseased cattle. I've worked for the military healthcare system as civil service. I worked for Centura Health and Exempla Health, which is now absorbed into Intermountain Health, and now at National Jewish. I, here I serve as the CIO, as you said, and I just passed my 14-year anniversary. Oh, very nice. I'm excited to hear that you're from Colorado. I didn't know that because you're one of those lucky ones that were born and raised here and get to stay here in this beautiful state. So that is great. Great to hear that. And then you have served. I don't know about your background that you've done all that before you started into healthcare. That's yeah, that's, that's very interesting. You can tell me all, all about it later. So, well, I, I tell people, yeah, I've been in healthcare and uh, tracking disease cattle was part of that healthcare experience, you know? And it's it how you started. You're right. It's, it's truly how everything started. So I know that you have a ton of projects because when you and I were kind of brainstorming, you there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of stuff going for every organization. But one of the projects that we wanted to talk about is your Community Connect project that you work in collaboration with Intermountain Health. Mm-hmm. And I understand that one of the hospitals for, for Intermountain is one of your main partners at St. Joseph's Hospital. Let's talk a little bit about what is your collaboration with them, and then we can transition into talking about your project with them. Sure. So several years ago, National Jewish and St. Joseph Hospital formed this joint operating agreement to support each other operationally, excuse me, and augmenting each other's services in multiple areas. As an example, 
We now jointly manage our pulmonary and cardiovascular services at the two locations. You know, we jointly manage those together. It's great. St. Joseph is only a few miles from here. So uh, our clinicians can move back and forth between the two facilities fairly easily. One of the goals identified in the agreement was for National Jewish to implement EPIC, since they already had it, to better facilitate the sharing of our patient information as our patients move back and forth between the two facilities. The transition to EPIC was originally planned to occur in 2020. And of course, with the pandemic, that got backburnered. And just in June of 21, the two organizations agreed to start working on the project together. And so you talk about, and that's important to know, right? So you started this product a few years ago, and I was reading about some of the things that you've done. And obviously, this is not your first EMR implementation. So that's interesting, right? I'm sure that you learned every time that you do something like this, you learn something different. But I know that, I mean, we talk about the collaboration and be able to be able to exchange information to provide continuity of care for those patients. But what else were you looking into as success drivers when you were talking about your implementation? Like what else? I mean, a lot of things happened, happened after COVID, right? We were trying to figure it out, optimizing resources and multiple things. But why don't you tell me about a little bit more about what else were you guys looking into? I think one of the big challenges that we were faced with is that we're actually using five different clinical systems uh, prior to going to Epic. We're using an, an inpatient registration and billing system, a scheduling system, the Allscripts ambulatory EHR, uh, along with a, an oncology EMR and an oncology practice management system. And while we had built interfaces between all those systems, of course, uh, uh, an interface is not the same thing as being on the same system. So there was some information that was not shared between the two systems, and therefore our clinicians would have to navigate into multiple systems to kind of get the complete picture of what was going on with our patient or diagnoses and recommended procedures, et cetera. So our two main drivers uh, were to tr transition to an integrated EHR, obviously, and one which we provide seamless care to the patients we have in common with St. Joseph. So that kind of set the foundation for the entire thing back in the early days of setting up that joint operating agreement. So prior to the design and build, so now back to 2021, when we've sat down at the table and rolled up the sleeves, started working on it. We came up with a number of principles and priorities to define success for the implementation of the project. I would say first and foremost, whenever possible, we would adopt the EPIC Foundation and or Intermountain Health EPIC standard build and workflow for maintainability and to ensure quality and seamless patient information flow. We needed to maintain these standards where possible. Second, we focused on detailed attention and effort on our unique and mission critical functions that we have here at National Jewish, where workflow in an existing bill that didn't exist within Intermountain Health, we made a conscious decision to, to deviate from the EPIC recommended standard was required. So therefore, we made sure we documented all of this and were very thoughtful in the collaborative detail effort to build that between National Jewish and Intermountain. Third, 
We identified several priorities for decision-making when challenged with incongruences between our critical workflows and the standard build. We always maintain our dedication to the National Jewish Health secret sauce, if you will, both operationally and financial efficiencies, improving the care team experience, and a focus on information for reporting and analytics and optimizing the, the patient-centered experience. So those were the three drivers that we, you know, adhere to during the whole design build process. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that you were consolidating five different systems. So that in itself represents a challenge. And obviously, like every you know, implementation, everybody wants kind of like their own customization, but it's important to going back to what you say, keep it standard as much as you can. So that way you don't have to, you know, the maintenance becomes a lot easier and the data integrity becomes a lot easier, which nowadays is extremely important. And as you were going through this implementation, of course, you didn't know COVID was going to happen, right? So I'm, I'm sure there were other benefits as a result of this implementation, because I was mentioning before during COVID, obviously we had a lot of staffing challenges people really have to take care of the patient and they didn't have time to document. And I cannot imagine going through a new implementation during this time. So how did that look for you? And what were some of those benefits that you saw that you were not planning for, right? Because obviously you didn't know this was going to happen, but I'm sure there were other things that, that you were able to accomplish with this new system and be able to provide, again, some additional you know, tools to the providers or clinicians. What is your take on that? So tough question to answer. The decision was made to implement Epic with St. Joseph or Intermountain Health prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so the scoping exercise and the amount of resources that it would take and the timeline that was kind of more defined pre-pandemic staffing levels, right? So during the pandemic and post-pandemic, I think a lot of institutions were suffering from loss of employees and employee turnover and stuff like that. So that all of a sudden the implementation and the design and build didn't match the timeline because of lack of resources. So, and given our partnership with St. Joseph, we knew that we would greatly improve the flow of information to and from the two hospitals, and that would enhance our patient experience. And prior to this implementation, we had staff that would make sure documentation generated here would transfer over to St. Joseph, you know, and we used every mechanism known, courier, faxing, direct messaging, all that kind of stuff. But not one of those solution provided all the, the information on the patient to transfer over to St. Joseph or, or back to here. You had to use a combination of the three to get the whole thing over. And I would say, lastly, given our usage of the five disparate systems, we knew we gained remarkable administrative operational efficiencies by, by going over to Epic. And with the loss of staffing and everything, by being able to shrink where documentation was uh, occurring, we gained those efficiencies. You know, not to say that staffing is still challenging in some areas as it is, but I'm glad we are where we are post-pandemic as opposed to using those five systems pre-pandemic. Welcome to This Week Health, where every morning is an opportunity to transform your day with the power of health IT knowledge. Dive into our diverse podcasts on Spotify or Apple Music, featuring shows like Today and Keynote, bringing you insights from the forefront of healthcare technology. 
but there's more. Our daily insight emails deliver the latest health IT news directly to your inbox, ensuring you're always one step ahead. And for those on-the-go moments, our weekly clip notes summarize key points from our content, making it easier to stay informed, engaged, and aware of what's going on in the industry. And don't forget to visit our revamped website, especially the news section at This Week Health News. It's your curated hub for the most relevant news selected and summarized for your convenience. This Week Health is more than a platform. It's your daily partner in navigating the ever-evolving world of health IT. Subscribe, follow, and become a part of a community that's shaping the future of healthcare. This Week Health, where your journey into health IT excellence begins every day. Yeah, and, and so you mentioned there were benefits associated because of staffing, but also challenges associated because of staffing. How do you manage overcoming some of those changes with the staff? I mean, this is a major project. Luckily, this is not the first time you've done it, nor Epic, but still, I'm assuming it makes it a little bit more challenging because uh, like you said, you had your model, then you come back and uh, it really doesn't match. So there were impacts, the, the, the timeline was impacted. Absolutely. Is there anything else? I mean, what, how do you, again, how do you manage all these challenges or, or overcome the staffing component, right? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what's amazing about the National Jewish team is that that can-do attitude and the sucking it up. And, and uh, people put in tremendous number of hours to not only run the clinic, or their clinical area, but also help in the build. So all of a sudden, what happened as well is that we then started depending on fewer people than we had originally planned on to help us design the whole thing. And one person then became the subject matter expert in several clinical areas. Now, the unintended consequence of that was that it was easier for this group of people to understand how the whole system was going to work in that you had fewer people to kind of aggregate all the information into one thought process as to how it's going to work. I think some of the other challenges that we faced was that, you know, for example, conversion of appointments because of who we are in that we see patients over long periods of time, years, really, we had more appointments in our old system Epic, you know, the standard project template, project management template anticipated that we would require converting into Epic. So we ended up enlisting large numbers of staff that had spent uh, an entire weekend and many days after that to manually transfer future appointments into Epic that couldn't be automatically converted. Initially, and the, the scheduling extravaganza, as they call it, was going to be to transfer 100% of the appointments over. There were so many appointments that we had to spin off a subgroup to figure out how to manually convert some of our appointments. And of course, the mapping wasn't a, a perfect match. So some percentage, and, and let's just say it was 60% or 70% of our appointments could get transferred through an automatic unload and load process leaving that 30, 40% that had to be manually entered into the system. So that was a huge resource usage that we weren't anticipating at the beginning of the project. So yeah, yeah, you made it happen. You made it happen. That's the important thing. And when you think about your implementation process, there's a lot of planning going on and you try to think 
bad, all the possible components, your workflows, your multiple systems. I mean, obviously the appointment component, there's things that come up, but if you were to do it all over again, or if you were to make a recommendation to other organizations that are thinking about going through the same journey, what would you say to them? What were some of those lessons learned that you would share with with the other with other organizations? Again, to answer that question, I think I need to go back a little bit and identify that we're National Jewish is really a complex ambulatory clinic with some inpatient patients here. But a piece of the foundational implementation of Epic is the facility structure, for example, and it drives how data will be presented throughout the patient's journey, both you know clinically and administratively. And in following Epic's implementation project plan, there wasn't nearly enough time for us to properly or adequately understand and design the facility, the structure for our organization. Intermountain Health was there with us side by side and helping provide the details, but it really came down to us because we're the ones who know our architecture, our facility architecture, to actually sit down and do the design. So the design period for the facility structure took much longer than anticipated. So I think if you're going to be a Community Connect client and work with a larger healthcare system, some of the initial work that I think needs to go into it before you sit down and and kick off the project is to think through and discuss with your partner, how do we operate versus how you operate? What's your standard build? Will that facility structure fit here? What's unique about the Community Connect client compared to the, the hosting system that will require changes in that facility structure? I think the second issue that we came across was the design of the clinic and appointment registration workflow. Is your partner utilization a decentralized scheduling model while you're a centralized model? And that's what happened to us is Intermountain was more of a decentralized scheduling and we're we're very centralized. I think part of our patient care experience is people come from out of state and from all over the world, really, to come here. So they have a limited amount of time. So you don't schedule a cardiology appointment. And then after the results come out, oh, let's get you over to the pulmonologist. Instead, we we compress your schedule here. So maybe a out-of-state patient flies in for a week, for example, but we need to line up and anticipate what all the appointments are needed. So um, many times the patient then fills out a pretty extensive questionnaire and uh, you know a clinician will review that and maybe even with phone calls with the patient then determine the, the course that patient is going to follow while here. So we'll fire off and schedule 12, 14, 16 appointments in a three-day period, for example. And so that's all done in a centralized location to make sure A becomes it comes before B and B before C, make sure there's no conflicts, like can't do some tests if you, you know, had a barium swallow, for example. Well, you better not do, you know, a CT after that. So the order of exams was important as well. So understanding, are you centralized, decentralized? How is that going to work? How does that impact the hosting organization really needs to be thought through. Other things like Epic uses tools that can be leveraged to automate the transfer of problems, meds, and allergies coming from an old system to a new system. And we didn't take that path. 
as we decided each patient's list of issues needed to be evaluated and entered from scratch. This actually ended up being a huge expense that we didn't anticipate. And where I'm going is, you know, maybe some of the allergies were, oh, I sneeze every time I come into my front door of my house. Well, is that really an allergy? You know, so we made the conscious decision. Let's get rid of the, the, the crap out of the old system and start fresh with quality data. Mm-hmm. And we didn't anticipate that. From a technical perspective, for example, another challenge we came across as a Community Connect client is that our virtualization hardware was not necessarily compatible with our hosted vendor, you know, hosting Intermountain's virtualization hardware. And unfortunately, this didn't show up until we actually went live. Initial testing before you actually had the the volume of users on the system didn't demonstrate the, the issue we had. So we actually had to take a pause there and work through a, a, an entire weekend to figure out and tune the two virtualization environments so that they were more compatible. And then everything was fine after that. But another one of those, oh, didn't see that one coming. There are many others, but let me close this question out by saying that our organization was very accustomed to building new functionality in our all scripts EMR continually. And by becoming a Community Connect client, we're going through a a culture shift that we are now dependent on our hosting partners for a lot of the build. And not all changes can be made as this could impact the the entire Community Connect environment and the, the hosted environment and affect all hospitals and clinics on the system. So some changes we can't even do. Some changes, you know, are implementable and just in our, you know, small service area within Epic. So it only impacts us. So if there are larger changes, Intermountain needs to take these to their review boards to make sure everyone's on board with the change. And that takes some time to do, rightfully so. So, you know, some of these constraints can lengthen the time of implementation. And we knew that going into this, but it's still a a culture shift on our part. Absolutely. I I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges. Some, I mean, some of the organizations that we're going to partnership with somebody else will face because you've been building your own workflows or customizing the system or making the changes that you need. And now you have to go to somebody else to request those changes. And you, like you said, it's it's a bigger impact. However, I would say that the the wins are probably greater than challenges. Correct. Absolutely. The the wins we've realized from this are far outweigh those those losses. So what what are some of those that you'll say people are super excited about this completely change our operational efficiencies or what what do you think are some of the biggest wins that you guys have accomplished with this? You know, some immediate things that come to mind, probably the big win for us is now having that integrated inpatient and ambulatory EMR that the five systems down to one, you can see everything on one pane of glass. And then additionally, the that sharing of information as we move patients back and forth between our facility and St. Joseph Hospital. Kind of along that same vein, our integration with our oncology clinics, I mentioned uh, earlier that we had a standalone oncology EMR. Now we're using Beacon in Epic and it's fully integrated with the rest of the patient's record. So one-stop shop to see everything that's going on with the patient. Additionally, a majority of the procedures we perform are hospital outpatient procedures. 
that was hard to manage and manipulate in the L scripts, the ambulatory EMR. Epic was easily configured to support all of our procedures. And having, again, having the patient's data integrated into that single pane of glass was the big win. The general consolidation uh, of the systems. We literally eliminated these five systems. So uh, I would say the other thing too, Epic's Care Everywhere system is, is amazing. With so many healthcare entities on Epic, the Care Everywhere module allows our clinicians to see and pull his or her patient's information from other locations to help improve the care of, of that patient in our facility at that moment in time. We also now have uh, CoReo available to the clinicians. Under our old system, we were not leveraging CoReo. That has been helpful as well. There have been some simple things that have been a huge help too. The ability for clinicians, for example, to personalize their own note templates for documentation. It's kind of removed one of those pebbles from the shoe of the clinician. So stuff like that, kind of the small things actually turn out to be big hits with the clinicians. Very nice. Very excited for this project for you guys. Like you mentioned, I believe Epic. I mean, Epic has a big footprint in Colorado. A lot of the major hospitals have it. So it just makes it easier for patient caring, continuity of care and exchange of information on it. The Corito is our health information exchange. And we have, I think it's Colorado and there's another state. Anything else that you want to share with the audience? I'd say the hardest thing to anticipate are the, the change orders. You know, you, you build a, a contract, a project plan. You come up with, here's how much it's going to cost to do this. But there were change orders and there's always going to be change orders. The change orders obviously include costs. So contingency and project funding becomes critical. The change orders that we needed exceeded what we anticipated in our contingency. So it, it would be hard for me to recommend how much of a contingency to bake into your project plan as every facility is going to be different. But my, my whole thing was, wow, I under anticip anticipated that by about 30%. So it is what it is, but be prepared for change orders. So you can't anticipate everything. I think it's, you know, motherhood and apple pie when you first sit down and come up with this amazing project plan and everybody thinks it's, this is perfect. Then you get into weeds and it's like, well, wait a minute, we don't work like that. Take the whole example that I gave of the centralized versus decentralized scheduling. That scheduling is scheduling. What's the big deal that I do in one spot or multiple spots? Well, it turned out to be a big deal. You know, you can't think of everything. So add to your contingency. Lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. This, are, this is very important information that I feel like it's it's good to hear. Just because like you said, you feel like you plan for everything. But at the end of the day, there's things that you're going to miss. And there's those components of workflow that you have to think about. And for you especially, right, you're in an ambulatory center and then going to a big organization. I mean, that's that compatibility right there. there there's a difference. So you have to think of all those potential challenges, but you guys adapted and succeed. So happy for you. And thank you for sharing this time. Again, I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to hear from, from you and other exciting projects. Actually, Carla, can I, do you mind if I add one more thing here? Go ahead, please. Include your marketing and communications team from the get-go. We had ours included and they were amazing. They helped us with 
patient communications like, okay, this is coming. But of course, they couch it in terms of what, you know, the patient doesn't know what Epic is, but they know what my chart is or will know what my chart is. And that's what's important to them. So lots of communication about my chart and then internal communi communications too. Here's where we are. This is what's coming. This is how it's going to impact you. So, and that, that's kind of standard in there. Don't forget your marketing team. It paid off in spades for us. Awesome. Thank you for adding that. You know, hey, it's all the things that you can think of that could be helpful. We we need to talk about. So thank you for adding that. And again, thank you for the time. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Carla. Have a good thank day. You. you too. I love this show. I love hearing what workers and leaders on the front lines are doing. And we want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, the best way to do that is to let someone else know that you are listening to the show and clue them into it. We have two channels, This Week Health Conference and This Week Health Newsroom. You can check them out today and you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find them on our website, thisweekhealth.com and subscribe there as well. We also want to thank our show partners, Armis, First Health Advisors, Meditech, Transparent, and You Perform for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.